Welcome back. Episode 53 of the Young Old Heads podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Tommy, aka TV Sports Cards, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Max, aka Cards Max, aka Cards Max, Jimmy Butler, is him, edition, game after game two. Max, how are you doing? I'm good. It good, feels good to be on episode 53. We've been at like half a year or so at this point. Failed lottery raffle edition, Tops UEFA, Inception, Parallel, Cherry Blossom. I'll get I'll get better at that next week. Uh, 53 was my basketball number in, in middle school. Very important number to me in my life. Um, another very important person in my life is our guest this week, Will. Will, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I've actually been collecting uh, TV sports card 53 uh jersey match cards so those are hard to find uh, yeah and now you just don't like it spot, so. yeah they don't like that number because it's above 50 once you get above 50 you can't get jersey numbered gold tops chrome refractors then what's even the point of life if you can't do that yeah um, you might as well quit you might as well quit. I, I wish i had a gold refractor of my 2006 t-ball card but i only have the paper base only paper base uh that's a tough one Will, do you want to do a little intro? Who who you are? Yeah. Why you're why why you're on the podcast? Hype yourself up a little bit. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I'm Will. I uh, so really mainly like my kind of entry point and kind of how I've become interested in, in a hobby essentially is is I work for a company called Rally, which if people know, it's an app for buying and selling equity shares and collectible assets um but uh you know as one of the categories on there we've got a shit ton of sports cards like we have a honus wagner tt06 card you know we go through the list of just like iconic cards um and pretty you know when i started it was like 20 i guess it was 2020 so if uh, people have long enough memories they know that things were going on in the card world in 2020, 2021. Oh, yeah. So um, that was a lot of what we were doing. So that was like my first entry into, it was my first job, right? So my first entry into work slash rally was like cards, cards, cards. And I, and I just got obsessed. Um, that's, that's crazy. I, I can't imagine that being your first job out of college going straight there. That's pretty dope. Max, how did, how did you and Will meet? Um, he sent, I think he sent me a cold DM. Cold DM. Yeah. That's probably like, hey, yeah. man. Which, I mean, for the LinkedIn networker, is, I mean, it's very flattering. Like, oh, this guy from Rally is in my DMs. But the cold approach works in all aspects of life. Not I was just- probably buying a card from you. No, you weren't. You were like, let's let's set up a call. And I'm like, oh, this all is right. professional. Let's do it. I'm <laughs> And then you came into the office. Yeah, I did. And then I held some cards in my hand. Um, yeah. um, Will had me at the Rally Road office. Will is based in New York. And I believe he is from Long Island as well, originally. I yeah, am from yeah. Long Island. I like Long Island. I enjoy Long Island. Long Island will not be part of me forever. But that being said, um, I took the nice little train to the city one quaint day. I had some time to kill before going to the Bleaker Trading Trade Night that evening. And Will and I, Will hosted me at the rally office where I got to, um, I would say play with some toys, but that I wouldn't want any bad sound bite of how I treated them. But they, I treated a fine amount. I was treated to being able to hold and possess and enjoy and marvel, marvel at very carefully, a ton of very nice sports and in, and in return, I got to see Cobb, so... Yes, you got to see uh, the thank you cop, the Tolstoy. Well, which, that one's gone. The one that's gone now. The one that's gone. Yeah, you had to enjoy the glimpse while while you still could, which is yeah, another aspect of life that goes unfailed. Well, well, you're one of the few people in the world who have daily access to a T two O six Hannes Wagner, which is some collectors would say is a collector's dream. Uh, were you a card collector before Rally? Was that part of your your ethos early on in life, or is this something you've kind of come to later in life? So growing up, like in retrospect, definitely just a collector of things. Yeah. I had plenty of baseball cards. I love baseball. Like I'm a huge 
uh, Yankees history nerd. Like I barely watch baseball today, but like I read about old Yankees shit every day, <laughs> you know? But, yeah. um, uh, so, you know, always collected cards. Um, I didn't give it much thought. I just thought they were cool and I had them. I like, I also had a bunch of like, you know, Simpsons DVDs. I wanted every season, right? Like, so I didn't yeah. even think about it as one category, but I, I, I what, other, what other shit were you collecting back in the day? Let's see. I used to get like uh, mad magazine and I used to keep all of them. Same thing with like sports. So like, I used to keep a bunch of magazines and then it got pretty unruly, but um <laughs> A little birdie told me that you have quite the Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett stash of cardboard. Was that little birdie telling me the truth? Yeah, that little birdie is uh, is correct. I and it's I have to tell you, it's been quite an up and down. As a, I'll say IQ, just n- never in doubt. RJ though, looking bad for a while until the playoffs, but I'm feeling good. Feeling good. So the synopsis is RJ sometimes doubt, Emmanuel quickly do not doubt. Never. 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 And I I love having two Knicks fans on the podcast at once. Um, the pity party can be deep. It can be no no know, pity parties anymore. No. No. All no. up from here. All up from here. Yes. I can't Sports wait. Sports are a form of tribalism, said no yes. one ever. Yes. Uh will do you want to? What I find very interesting about the content that you put out there in the universe is that you keep things very like human, like interest focused. So you have stories that, you know, you post. I think you posted yesterday something or yesterday, meaning any other day that happened this week. Uh, a ticket from Michael Jordan's uh, free throw line dunk contest night, and I think you said it was the highest graded one. You're, you made the you made the case that this is an important ticket, and I you know will put aside the fact that you are the owner of this and I have a vested interest in people thinking this ticket is cool. But what is your general like philosophy for things that you like to collect? Like, are you going for things that have a lot of sentimental value to you specifically? Or are you going for like big pop culture important moments in history type things? So I mean, I'm not I'm not dropping big money. Like I'm not, I'm not like you two guys out there, ballers with wads of hundreds. Like I'm, I'm, uh, I think, I, you know, when I first jumped in, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking buy a bunch of like shitty wax and rip it, and I'll be rich. Yeah. And fast forward, I, it turned out it didn't, it didn't make me rich, unfortunately. But I did learn that I should probably just not try and be like some serious like card investor when there's people that can do that right but for me and my personal collection you know with the money i'm spending and the time i'm actually devoting to it it's so much more just like i think that's dope and it's cheap i'm gonna buy it um you know but i've had theses over the years that we'll definitely get to that overrode that but like for the most part yeah like that i don't even really like jordan i just thought it was way underpriced it was like i think it was like 150 bucks or something but i feel um, like oh max first oh great yeah i was gonna say tommy is the champion of buying 20 to 50 dollar cards that have the coolness factor of a 300 dollar card um i we this has been expressed at a eons ago in this podcast maybe in the episodes of the tens but i found i had my very short little uh, ticket binge and i as you know tommy is a warriors fan fan and i found a ticket stub of i found two ticket stubs one of which i still have i found a dennis rodman getting his career high rebounds in a single game on the road ticket stub for 10 bucks I kept that for myself. And I believe I found Mitch Richmond's, uh, you know, from the Golden State Warriors run TMC era of yeah. basketball. I believe it was his most 
I think it was career high in three pointers. I want to say in a game. I don't think it was career high points. I think it was playoff career high in points. But I think my yeah. my argument for tickets is that tickets are just too much Tim Kirchin. This is the yeah. first time that this event happened. This is the ticket from that game sort of thing where it's like. It's all, it's all right, you ungrateful fuck. It was $10. Well, first of all, I'm grateful of anything. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but. Well, I, I do really resonate with the fact that I love cheap, cool stuff. I'm all about as cheap of card you can buy, that's as cool as possible. Whatever that little graph I can make would be with coolness and cheapness on the on the axis. That's what it's all about for me. And that's why I think that like collecting in general is something that everyone loves doing. And most people that I talk to who even aren't into cards have some sort of weird thing they collect. And there's always a reason why. And there's always some sort of like, well, this isn't that expensive sort of aspect to it. Um, you know, we're all dudes in their 20s. Max, we all are not making bank out here. Um, Max is kind of using this more as a financial way of making money, which means that he ends up with some cards that are worth a lot, but he wouldn't necessarily be buying those. Yeah, Tommy has one. Tommy and Will have those things that people call real jots. And uh, I will soon be transitioning to that in the very imminent future likely i do i do want to talk about working in the hobby though will because i did dabble you know i worked as social media manager for ludx for a year i got to meet a lot of people who were doing stuff in the hobby um what are some of the what are what are some i don't want you to have to talk too much about your actual job but like what are some of like the personal things that have happened or cool experiences you've gotten to have because of the job that you do have yeah so I mean, honestly, one of them is I became really obsessed with the Ticho Six Wagner, like in a, in a, not like a super healthy way. Like I, like I, so I'm, I'm, you know, I, I studied journalism in school and like, I consider myself a, a writer, like outside of rally, I write a newsletter that has nothing to do with cards and that's something that, you know, is important to me and I, I love doing and I do a lot of writing for rally, but, uh, you know, I've always wanted to write a book and I've started a few and whatever. And the first I've gotten was on the TTO6 Wagner with each chapter being a different Wagner in its story. Um, you know, like the one that Rally has is the Nun's Wagner, which is a really great story about like uh, being left in a will to a group of nuns who found it and were like, what? And Googled it. They were like, yo, no way. <laughs> Wait, can you, uh, can you real quick do the story on that card? Because yeah. I am a little ignorant on it personally and I've never been told like all the details. I know that like... You've never held it in your hand like Will and I have. I don't mean to... Max held it, he instantly it uploaded to his brain and he knew the entire... I don't mean to gatekeep, but I do mean to gatekeep. So, yeah. So, okay. So there's this dude who bought it Definitely pre-1950, I want to say in the 30s, mm -hmm. um, like around the time that like uh, um, that first baseball catalog that lists like the Wagner is like a $50 card, the Jefferson Burdick one. Yeah. Um, by the way, fucking that guy's so cool. His gravestone says like greatest collector ever. It's fucking lit. But <laughs> um, yeah, He's the He's the it, uh, he, and his stuff's still in the MoMA. If you guys uh, really one of the back you have to like beg 15 people that work there to tell you where it is because it's like hidden away but anyway so this dude buys it let's call it the 30s give or take 10 or 20 years and uh, i believe he was never married his only family was his sister who was a member of the notre dame sisters of baltimore a nunnery um, and he was involved with them a lot and stuff. And he died around early, I'd say early 2000s. And in his will, he left his house, his, his you know, whatever money he had, and a lockbox to his group of nuns. And uh, in the lockbox was the Wagner that he had bought for, you know, I don't know, fucking 100 bucks or something crazy. And it said... Uh, something along the lines of i do hope I, I this card may appreciate in value in the future um, the, the exact quote i see is although damaged the value of this baseball 
card should increase exponentially throughout the 21st century. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the nuns got How are we it. doing here? Sister, uh, Sister June, I believe, is a treasurer. She whips up, uh, you know, Google. She's like, oh, no. Holy shit. Uh, and they sold it. I think actually the first guy didn't pay, and then they sold it again. Got some pretty big media attention. And then eventually, that, that was maybe 10 years, 15 years before we got it in, like, 2019 on Rally. And then we IPO'd it for a couple hundred grand, and now it's worth maybe, I don't know between 1.5 and 2 depending on the day i'm not sure that, that is I mean, what it what a day to be a nun treasure uh god it's be gotta be the best you know yeah. as far as like you know days at work as the treasurer of, of a nunnery it's probably the best they've had it's got to be one of the best that got to be a day where you really believe in god as a nun yeah exactly that's like this is literally just like she was like, guys, I believed it, but like now I'm all in. <laughs> brings a brings a whole new level to the Holy Grail aspect of card collecting. Um, that's a crazy story. I know that every single person who listens to this podcast will would love to read a book about different versions of the Hannes Wagner and the stories behind them. So I'm gonna say, please write that book, finish it, please. Just even if it's just for our listeners. I'd appreciate just it. Put out the like the six chapters I have. I just don't want to write him. The stories get worse and worse. It's like the first few are awesome. There's the Sheen, the Charlie Sheen Wagner. There's the one that like the the, the Gretzky Wagner, which is the first card they yeah. say ever graded, right? Like, and then it just you start to kind of be like, all right, this is not actually that interesting. <laughs> no, no, Joe O'Doyle, you know O'Doyle. Yeah, there's there's yeah, some language. There's, there's the there's the trimmed one. That's the Gretzky one. Is that the yeah, Gretzky that one? That's Gretzky. Yes. Or oh, there's, yeah. there's probably a few trimmed ones, but that is the trimmed one. But yeah, that's like that's the like eight. Yeah. Yes. But well, not fucking wild. That's crazy. Will, what are some of the other books that you have started but not finished? Just throw the just throw the con unless you do want to hold these close to your chest and not let those. No. Yeah. Them. I mean, uh, super nerdy. I was. I've, was really obsessed with like kind of it's pretty political but like um kind of different uh, ways of distributing uh universal basic income and like uh mm. just different ways to value property and stuff so i was kind of writing a history on this dude henry george which i ended up like publishing on like medium but whatever. and a few That's other cool. things that never really got as much traction as the other two but I mean, I write every week on my newsletter, like a lot of different topics that I think I want to put into a collection at some point. Cool. What a, can you give the elevator pitch for your newsletter for people listening? Sure, sure. Yeah. So go to my Twitter and it's the link. It's unwinding the thread. Uh, it's literally just stories I think are cool. So it's anything from like how uh, the most recent one was how Tamagotchis were like the precursor to like everything wrong with society. Cause they're like the first can the first time that like humans were like so fucking addicted because they had to feed this living thing that wasn't living um to like you know i wrote about like the crazy industry of uh luxury handbags the handbag industry is nuts uh we'll cut out there for a second but uh i know that in the king of collectibles max there's a really good scene with your girl laura golden where she talks about how much she loves Gucci bags. Um, that's a great, great little scene there. But Max, while, while, while it's just me and you and Will's trying to reconnect here, what was the craziest shit that you saw while you are at the Rally Road office? Other than the Hannes Wagner. Other than the Hannes Wagner. There was a Hank Aaron 1954 Tops PSA 8.5 that was jaw-droppingly stunning. That very much caught my eye. The Honus is the Honus, and that's yeah. hard to dispute. They also had, I think it was a PSA 7, 1952 tops Mickey Mantle. And the resolution and registration and color of these 1950s tops cards are inexplainable when you get to hold them in your hand and they're not 
covered by a Pyrex glass case with a big bodyguard guarding them at all times. There's a, and it doesn't really translate well online. There is a visual difference to see. I know I might be saying stuff that's very uh, given, but and basic, but the color on these cards is indescribable. As you can tell, I am being an inability describing the color of this 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle and this 1954 Hank Aaron. But that was the most surprising non-Wagner piece I held in, in my hand, as well as Will had a coin, which was the first depiction of Jesus Christ on a coin. Will, you're muted. You're muted, Will, but I want to talk coins. This is crazy. What? So I'm not a huge coin. I don't have a ton of knowledge on coins just because we only have two right now. Um, but that one, yeah, it's like created by uh, Justinian uh, during like one of the Byzantine uh, rules. Um, and it was the first time Christ was like actually depicted on a coin. Super controversial at the time. It's, you know... 3,000 years ago or something. Nope, that's an idiotic statement. 1,500 yeah, I was going to say, wasn't it 538? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Like, I know depictions of Jesus were real controversial when they yeah. started happening, but... I think it was cool. like a fuck you to the Catholic Church at the time because there was like those kind of schism shit going on. But Oh, yeah. As a uh, Catholic over my whole life, I can, uh, I can second that um, for sure. Uh, Will, you seem to have some interest in politics, or at least political worlds. And while we stay apolitical for the most part here... And in sports analysis. And, and we stay out of sports analysis for the most part. But I do want to get your your ideas on if you've looked into kind of the collectible world of politics. Um, I know that there's like a big history of like campaign pins from the mm -hmm. U.S. that go back pretty far. Um, I'm a big presidential card collector in the sense that I am very familiar with the famous ones and the big ones, like the Carmel one that if you go back, there's an old episode with uh Sunsport trading co who we did a whole bit about that card and that set and stuff. But um, is there anything cool or weird that you've noticed about the political world of collecting? There's a ton of weird shit. Nixon, who I'm, I'm super fascinated by just like, I'll put it out there. Not a, not a huge fan of him politically. However, yeah. like there's a, there's a book called uh, it's, it's something about the two sides of Nixon or duality of Nixon, whatever. It talks about kind of both sides. Just such a fascinating historical figure. So like, I've got two books of Nixon books signed by him. One of them to fucking Wilt Chamberlain. Oh shit! Which was like what? Yeah, I have no idea why or how or who but that i think is cool i've got this ridiculous uh watch that looks like it should be on a six-year-old but it says it's a picture of nixon it says uh something about like uh you can't trick our dick or something like that um but yeah pins are huge like i know i know the the jfk pres uh campaign pins huge hakes auction sells a lot of those i feel like they're probably the leaders in that that's cool. I feel like, yeah, the the world of presidents is something that interests me very much. And U.S. history is something that I've been into. I, I'm a big, like, hardcore history Dan Carlin fan. I put Max onto that. I don't know if you're a fan, Will, but oh, yeah. he's, a big, he's a big influence on uh He's on the me. OG. He's the OG of podcasting, kind of, right? Like, he's been doing it since, like, 04 or something crazy. If you are into history and then never heard that and you're listening to this podcast, you should stop listening to this podcast the only time i'll say this and go listen to some dan carlin he you will learn a crazy amount of stuff but i mean i i love the coin collecting kind of parallels with cards just because there's like a good history of it it's been something that's been going on for a while i think the u.s history stuff like i don't think cards are like the most collectible thing that you can have for a president i think there's the campaign stuff is a little bit more collectible but i also love the fact that like presidents their images are public domain right so like any company can make a card of a president, which I think is an underrated thing when it comes to like, we talk about licenses, me and Max a lot, like when fanatics came around and tops and everything, anyone can make print anything with the president's face on it. And it, it's a legal thing to do. You can sell it. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I think that's an amazing thing out there in the world that you can do. And like, 
I don't think card. I don't think these people are making like doing enough on the card level for that because like it's just public domain. Like you should take advantage of it more than they are. Like I think that'd be cool, but um, I feel like that's a random fact that not as many people know about. But that got there's, that got come up often. There's no need for Panini to make a monopoly variant of presidential trading cards so that they don't lose their exclusive licensing and then are completely obsolete. Since presidents now that are, that'd be kind of dope. Like would Woodrow be- Wilson on Park Place, or you know what I mean? Yeah, I would love that. I would love that shit. Also, well, wait, I'd be remiss talking about presidential collectibles. I do so. University Archives sells some amazing relics, not not in carts, just in their own little slabs. I have a piece of JFK's sweater. Um, that's sick. Just like a sweater, I don't know where anymore. But um, yeah, no, it also like the curtain from Ford Theater when Lincoln was shot. Some wild shit. Wow, that's cool. I feel like that could be. I feel like if I was tops, I'd be trying to go after that. I know they they've done George Washington hair relics before. I know um, some other crazy shit like that. But I'm looking to see more innovation in the card world on the pop culture end. I, that's a something that I talk about a lot, um, and I think that U.S. history is just like the perfect thing to keep taking advantage of. My one of my favorite sets that I talked about in past episodes is 2009 Tops American Heritage that has a good job of like kind of giving cards and some recognition to some of the biggest U S history people from throughout the eight years. That's a great set. Um, but that's from 2009 and like now we're in 2023, that's 14 years ago. You're telling me they can put out 70 different NBA sets and, but no one's going to put out like a nice, good quality U S history set. I don't know. That's, that's a, that's a gripe for me. I second that. Yeah, I'm pissed off about that as well. Nice, nice. Um, Well, let's get into cards, though. I wanted, I wanted to hear more about your card collection. Uh, Of your, you're buying IQ. You're buying some RJ. What, what are you going for? Because me and Max, we've talked about basketball card collecting. It's a little difficult these days with like how many sets there are. Not a lot of history to all of them. Uh, What, what, what were you targeting with those guys? With basketball specifically, Um, I just love the Knicks so much. So. Like, you know, I've got good amount of Clyde Frazier, who greatest, greatest person to ever be recorded speaking in history. Um, yeah. That's that's an actual fact. You can look it up. But uh, so, you know, that's obviously vintage. But like I'm a Knicks fan. So every time a player scores more than like six points, I'm pretty sure that they're Jesus. So I, I have to buy their cards. Um and IQ, I've just loved. I've got some Quentin Grimes, um, who I think is is fucking baller. But I mean, that is to what we we were saying earlier. Like, I'm not under any as much of. I'm a delusional Knicks fan. I'm not delusional that my you know IQ gold out of ten or whatever is gonna be worth you know fifty grand. Like, I, I'm not an idiot. But yeah. that's you know, it's it, it's it, it's almost like. Uh, doubling down on like fandom when it comes to something like that um are you a gambler a bit uh i bet on the knicks i bet on teams i'm already rooting for but i'm not it's you know if i'm not i'm not i'm not like gonna bet on like an australian cricket game just because i'm bored and yeah i have some friends that are into that like that's not my thing same with me um I think I love that concept of like doubling down on your fandom. I feel like that's kind of what I do in the sense, but like I have the extra security. It's a little more profitable as a Golden State Warriors fan. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I'm I'm spend a little bit more money than I would if I was a Knicks fan, and that's something we've talked about before. Mister Lucky Collector over makes, here. Yeah, exactly. That's what I refer to myself as. Well, as a lucky collector because I get to spend more money than I would because of the things that I like being very you know, successful. Uh, Knicks fan can't say the same. Are you buying them? Like you an autograph guy, you a relic guy, you a refractor guy. Like what, what, it, what it catches your eye when it comes to cards? So, I mean, I'm really not a huge modern collector. Um, like, and I don't, I'd say, so the biggest thing in my collection by 50 X is tennis cards. Um, so like if you guys are familiar with the 2003 net pro tennis set, Oh yeah. 
for for anyone who doesn't know about it, it has the rookie cards for Serena Williams, Venus Williams, Roger Federer, Nadal, Roddick, Marty Fish, like you know, Davenport. It, it's insane because no, there were no other tennis sets, right? Yeah. So I've been, yeah, I've got. I couldn't even tell you like hundreds. That's crazy. Slack. I, yeah. Max, have we we've never talked about that set. I don't think we've ever dived into it. Well, that's good timing because Tops Chrome Tennis is out on Tops.com right now. I haven't checked out the checklist of that set, but I know the tw- 2003 Net Pro set. I've seen it. Um, are you buying then base or do you buy like the relics they got in there? I know they have some other. They, I know they have patch autos that go for a billion dollars, but. Yeah, so like Serena's my probably my favorite athlete ever. I mean, definitely greatest tennis player of all time. Her and Federer to me are my favorites. But so huge Serena collection. She's obviously extremely expensive. So I've got I think two of her relic cards. Neither of them signed. They're like the it's the one D where the one A is the auto patch, um, and it gets worse and worse. Um, and I've got plenty of like. Uh, you know, Sampras patches, which, you know, you can get for like 30 bucks. Um, <laughs> Crazy that you can get that shit for that cheap. Yeah. But so I actually had something really cool happen recently. I bought a uh, an Andy Roddick. I've got a bunch of Roddick uh, car- cards as well because it's from that set. And I bought one of his, uh, you know, these patch cards. And I got it. I like sent it to PWCC right from eBay. They then did the BGS grade thing that they do, you know, the yeah. hookup partnership. And I just tweeted out like, "Hey, got this Andy Roddick BGS whatever card." R- Andy Roddick replied to it and was like, uh, "Would he was like, I wouldn't trust it, like only in a PSA slab." And I was like, uh, "Yeah, okay, I'll I'll do that now." And he's like, "All right, if you do, I'll sign it." And I'm like, "Okay, uh, you're my childhood hero. Um, <laughs> I'll do anything you say." Dude, that um, is literally why Twitter is the best in like a nutshell right there. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like I didn't tag him or anything. I was like, who, why are you, you've got a lot of things going. You, like you're married to Brooklyn Decker. Why are you like, <laughs> why are you searching your own name in Twitter yeah, yeah. search? <laughs> like, Max, have you ever had any like famous people reply to you on Twitter? I feel like you got to have. Um. Well, there's the, the world famous one from when I traded away my T206 Ty Cobb that. Tommy, you can further disclose. Well, no, come on. You got to tell the story. I told it last time. You got to tell it to Will and then get, I know Will has an anecdote about this dude, I'm sure. Yeah, so Keith Olbermann chirped at me a little bit, who is an esteemed card collector on how I traded away my Ty Cobb T206 red portrait for a bunch of modern junk and an off-centered mantle and Ted Williams. I wish I could find the tweet that he quoted because it was pretty funny. Olderman, dick, big dick, loves loves cards, but is just like a hater on fun. Hates good vibes. Um, hated on my friend Max, so I have beef with Keith, Ol- Keith Olderman now. But um, I'll sign up. Did you previously like Keith Olderman? No. I I. When I was like a teenager for a little bit, he like got back on ESPN, I think towards the end of my high school run. And I liked his like kind of snarkiness during my puberty times. But then I got older and realized, oh, wait, you're actually just a dick and like no one likes you. So that's different. So his, his direct comment was some modern junk plus off condition mantle and Teddy for a cob question mark. He has, I don't think he's working right now. You know, like he's, he's not. But for real, I would love to read an oral history of his career because he started off really, he was really talented at ESPN, like no doubt. And then, like, I don't know if he got pushed out, whatever happened. He started doing political commentary, and then people kind of were like, okay, this guy's a little different than we thought. And then, yeah, just like psychopath in like every direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I read that ESPN oral history book way back in the day. Um, those guys have all the fun yeah i think that's like 2014 or something um i love that i was a big bill simmons head in middle school going out so like his transition from espn to grantland to the ringer was something that i followed and like got kind of more into the espn world of stuff uh i was 
Grantland sure. shit. Yeah, Grantland. I feel I like know. everyone who listens to podcast probably read Grantland back in the day. That's like kind of my last like internet page that I would refresh every day reading stuff. Since then, I don't think I've really had any like home of the internet where I would actually read articles greater than a hundred words. Um, I would love like I don't know. That's a big influence for sure. Uh, I uh, I was the sports editor of the paper of the paper in college. I went to the University of Wisconsin, and I just did straight up Bill Simmons impressions. Um, and I get super angry letters from like old pre like you know like people who were in my position when they were in college and now they're at like the wall street journal or something. And they're like, you're ruining the sanctity of this. Cause I was talking about how like Jonathan Taylor was like a bourgeois class of running back in the proletariat offensive <laughs> line. It's like, just like trying to be funny and talking shit. But yeah. Um, I, yeah, I actually wrote something about this for that, for the newsletter that I do about just like how influential Bill Simmons was. Like he was, you know, he was one of the, I mean, he innovated a lot on the internet, not just with his writing, but also like podcasts and stuff. But like, he was really willing to like strip back the curtain of like that faux seriousness that these reporters had. And he was like, nah, I like to talk about, I'm, I'm going to talk about the Fast and the Furious and the Warriors. And I'm going to tell you that Steph Curry is it's exactly Vin like Vin Diesel. And, and here's why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Did you know that Bill Simmons actually was on the tops board for a while? I don't know if he is anymore, but he was been he's been in the card game in some capacity for a long time. Me and Max are famous, or I'm personally love hating on his decision for the Ringer Card podcast. But I know that he's like that's something that is big in his realm of things. I know that he's a big. I think he's a collector. I think he's kind of an investor almost, though, from what I've heard from him and the anecdotes. More on the I investor. Know he has a crazy pre-war collection. Oh, he has a pre-war collection. Interesting. I believe so. I learned a lot about basketball history from his basketball book, the book of basketball. Um, mm. That's that has a big influence on my card basketball card collecting for who I think is cool and who I you know don't collect and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that's a that's crazy. I love that you write stuff. I am a amateur writer on my for myself. I like to journal and you know write fictiony stuff sometimes not that anyone sees it but i would do it for myself kind of more so uh so i respect that motivation is is the best kind yeah yeah if you're not writing for yourself uh one of my fun most fun fact about myself will as a u.s history person you might respect or i don't know i don't really bring this up that often but it is kind of fun you're a writer you might appreciate this my great grandma's brother so my great great uncle his only her only sibling was F. Scott Fitzgerald. So I have been kind of on a mission to find all of F. Scott Fitzgerald's cards. Uh, he does not have a ton of them. None of them were made before 2000. Um, but have you even traveled to East Egg and West Egg before, Tommy? That's Dude. awesome. Yeah, so that's my that's my little fun fact about myself. We uh, have to get you into the rally office. Know. Well, now the museum's about to be open. And we've got our first edition, Great Gatsby, that you can. For real? Yeah. Do you know the history of that that first whatever first edition Gatsby? Did you have to read up on that? I mean, uh, the history around the book is is you know, I feel like pretty well known. What, what I found really interesting is the cover, which is called uh, "Celestial Eyes," um, by a uh, an artist who, who's, I believe he's French, and, and I'm not going to be able to pull his name up, but um. There's a great letter that F. Scott Fitzgerald wrote to his editor because he was behind on writing the book and he had already seen the cover. And he's like, if you give this to someone else, I'll fucking kill you. Like, <laughs> he's like, this is mine. I don't care if I'm late. Like, you better not give this cover away. Oh, dude, I would love to see that, that book. Um, but, well, I do, I would be remiss if we didn't like talk a little bit about Rally and kind of what, where you see the future of the hobby going. Um, me and Max do have an episode in the in the bank about uh, fractionalization, investing on that sort of thing. I think there is a place for it. I think it's cool in some in a lot of capacities. Um, There's some weird, you know, liquidity is something that me and Max talk about a lot. Like it's hard to sell shit. It's really hard to sell a card if you're just a random person who just like finds a really valuable card. 
the process of you finding that to you getting money in your hand for that card can often be way more painful than it needs to be. Um, I don't know if you want to give your little pitch on what rally on rally as the future or like, where do you buy cards personally right now? Are you buying on in vaults? Like I know Max buys a lot on PWCC. I buy mainly on eBay on Twitter and I do buy on comp C, which is also a vault. Um, where do you see it going? Um, I'll take the rally question first and then we can. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm here just to talk shit with you guys, have fun, but I'll, you know, of course, company man, I, I believe in rally, you know, yeah. fun. So I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. And I think that, you know, I think everyone should really give it a shot. So I think as, as I mentioned earlier, so we're, you know, we're a platform for buying and selling equity shares and collectibles of all sorts, like not just cards we talked about. Uh, Great Gatsby, we've literally got the Declaration of Independence. We've got a bunch of cars. That's Rally Road started as classic cars, um, comic books, you know, everything, whiskey. Um, And we were the first to do fractional. There's other companies that have come and gone um, in the time since, but we were the first to do it, you know, before me, but the founders were the first to do it. Um, And you know, it's in in my mind, it's like, look, I'd love to own a T206 Honus. I'll put it out there. I don't think I don't think I'm gonna own one. There, there's only 60. They tend to sell for a few million. I just don't think it's in the cards. No. So like, you know, assuming other people are like me, uh, which considering there's only 60 of them, uh, probably most of them are, uh, you know, you can participate in the upside and, 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 and have a, it's, it, you're owning a real equity piece. I mean, people have no issue investing in Nike and being like, well, you don't really own part of the company. It's like, well, no, you, you know, you buy Nike products, you, you understand why Nike's a cool brand and business, etc. cetera. I mean, there's a lot of emotions tied up in, things like Nike and Apple, et cetera. Um, and yeah, so I mean, as far as where the industry is going, I think that we're going to see a lot of exciting stuff come from Rally in the next year. Um, but one that I can talk about, like, because it's happening next week, is we're launching our museum. Um, so you're going to, people are going to walk down the street on Broadway and Soho, look through a window, see a 1955 Porsche Speedster next to a Triceratops skull with an Andy Warhol in the background, uh t206 honus like you name it um it'll be rotating in and out with all of our assets and like to me that's that's it, it's a museum where you can own everything inside is, is a, kind of the tagline right and yeah. that's that's something pretty beautiful to me but um you know i i don't want to be pitching you know rally um you know oh uh, you're good i i just wanted to you know get a little sense of what interests you about it because like sure when i was working at Ludex, i was not necessarily like saying that the product was the best thing on earth but i did think that what we were doing was very cool and that there's a lot of cool things that was happening that like could make the hobby a little bit more accessible to people it could maybe help grow it 10x the the famous 10x fanatics is gonna grow the hobby 10x bullshit um you know there's there needs to be investments into infrastructure that makes it more accessible to people. I think that Rally does that. Um, I think in some capacity, Ludex was is doing that too, um, in a much different capacity, obviously. But Max, you don't own any. You're not on Rally Road, Max, are you? That is correct. Have you ever thought Fellas. of that? What? I have the Fellas. app. I have the app downloaded. <laughs> Max downloads the app right now in person. No, I have it downloaded. No. Oh, you have it downloaded. My bad. I have it downloaded. Well. I think that's interesting. I, I don't know. I'm I'm just here as an appreciator of cards of collectibles. I think that people doing different things is good. Competition yeah. is good. I would much rather see Rally Road Museum than like a golden auction museum or something like that. Um, just based or on the, the TV sports cards vault. The TV sports cards vault is in my apartment. Anyone's welcome to come and check it out. I was showing my friend last night one of my spe- my piece of space shuttle relics that I have. Uh, amazing one. Those are which, good. Which space shuttle? 
Uh, I have no fucking idea. Challenger. <laughs> Challenger. That might be the easiest one to find. I don't know. Challenger Relic coming soon to Leaf. That's definitely a Brian Leaf card. Gotta be. Um, what, was the, what was the thing they did like last month? It was like oh, they, Putin and Zelensky. Jesus yeah, God. they did the Putin one. That That's classic. They did a Putin Relic? Yeah, not Relic. Not a Relic, just a card of like it'd be funny to show them fighting or something. And then immediately I think they got people saying, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, that's how, how, many, how many people greenlit that? I I think there's one dude in charge there. His name is Brian Brian Gray. Uh, he's a little eccentric. Um, he's hey, he made the Pete Web the Pete Weber. Uh, who do you think you are? I am cards. So yeah, he has good he has oh, good moments good. and he has bad moments. And me and Max like to uh, track the trials and tribulations of him as a uh, random dude in the card world who has some who has access to printers that are greater access than we do. <laughs> You guys are the real human arbiters yeah. of uh, morality and, and hobby journalists in this in this world. You're the last two. Uh, I see are. he has a seven ninety nine twenty twenty or seven dollars and ninety nine cents. Uh, twenty twenty three Leaf newsflash: Ron DeSantis announces candidacy live on Twitter with Elon Musk, um, and the card goes out of stock uh, tomorrow on June sixth, and it's a picture of ron DeSantis and elon musk classic keep on. yeah keep them coming uh will where where do you buy cards or where do you buy your collectibles are you mainly lurking on ebay are you looking on the auction sites uh i love a weird auction i love an auction site or an auction that isn't supposed like when you whether it's sports or historical memorabilia when the auction is about something else and they just throw a few things in there and you find it it's my favorite thing in the world do you have any um, good, uh, good good ones that you found throughout the years uh, yeah i mean let's see i gotta be honest i don't want to say not because i don't want to give it away but because it's kind of shitting on the auction house oh that's fair that's fair i'm <laughs> you know not gonna shit on an auction house that's for me and max to do no, now yeah, you're. Well, you, I, I, we work with these people, you know. I'm not. I'm not going to lie about anything, but I don't want to, you know. Yeah. yeah. No, me and Max have a bit where, you know, this is not Will's opinion, but there's some auction sites that are lacking in their writing side of things and providing context to why their products are cool or why the thing is cool. I think that's like one of the biggest fuck ups out there from auction houses is like. You are not writing enough about your shit. I'm sure you've you, heard that. Well. Have you guys talked about that often? That's one of my big, big hobby horses. Yeah. What it, I I think it came up when the Luca NT came out and there was this whole like train metaphor that Heritage or someone put out there that was like so convoluted and weird. And you're like, dude, just, just tell me why this card is cool. Don't tell me like some weird story of metaphor for the card or whatever. But yeah, That's you have like cool stuff where like, I think the most recent example on the podcast was like, there's this card that Max owns that has Joe Jackson sliding on it. And it's like confirmed that it's Joe Jackson. And there is a listing where it doesn't even mention that Joe Jackson's on the card. And it's like, how are you yeah. missing? Let's say you get the deal. The listing where I bought it from did not include Joe Jackson on the card yeah. from BCC. So, Will, what we, if you were an auction house, you I'm guessing you would invest a little more on the writing side. I mean, I mean, this is not cards but like sotheby's and, and christie's and these the the lot essays that they write are beautiful like i they're gorgeous writing it, it there's legit prose and um yeah i mean like a lot of these sites are doing a thousand cards a week and that's not possible but like you know give it a little give, give it a little romance like yeah. you yeah. know that, that's what collecting is all about them. That was one of my biggest gripes with the. Did you watch the King of Collectibles? Well, uh, yeah, um, I watched it. Uh, our uh, my uh, my my boss, our, our chief product officer, Rob Petrozo, is in season or in episode six. Oh, with the house, um, right? The house scene. Yeah, so that was one of my biggest gripes. Is like they talk about how we'll get make sure that you the story of your thing is told, and everyone will know how cool your product your thing is. And I've seen some golden. I'm not going to make you comment on this. Well, I'll let Max comment if he wants. But like, 
Golden particularly, I feel like sometimes really shits the bed on like not providing enough context for what the thing is or like they get all these cool cards, but then some of them slip through the cracks because you have, you know, 10 logo man ahead of it. And then you have this cool like vintage or cool like niche refractor piece that you don't give any time of day to. And then it ends up kind of not getting as much hype that it could, um, which is concerning to me and something that I don't know, me and Max think we've talked a little bit, but Will about kind of having like a database for cards that has more context to why certain things are cool. Um, it's just an idea that we've thrown around a little bit. Like a collectible database doesn't really exist, right? Like what, it, where, like where are you researching your Hannes Wagner piece? Where, where would you go for information on that? Is that just like random news articles? Yeah, I mean, it, if you, this is like, it's gonna, I'm going to sound like a douche. This is about writing generally, not, you know, not Wagner, but like, if you just fucking look up contemporaneous articles, you'll find some amazing shit. You know, you'll find information that people don't talk about anymore because it's on the Wayback Machine from 1999. And you might have to go to some sketchy websites or something, but you find it, right? And and yeah, it, to, to your point, it's not aggregated. Um, and I think even without that aggregation tool, we have, I think, gotten to a point where there's been enough high profile sales and just sales overall uh, as this industry has evolved and the writing has gotten better um that at least it's kind of being referenced right um you can tell when someone kind of rewrites a lot of essay maybe but yeah that's the closest thing we have to is like a a true like card history card and the you know a, a statement of significance per card uh, versus just like sales history or something. Yeah. I like the the statement of importance or whatever, the statement of why something is cool. Max, you do some writing on the side. No. Uh, in what context? Uh, about cards. You do some card blogging on occasion that. Yeah. Sometimes I like blogging about cards. Do you, do you like writing about cards though? Or is that just something you do for the money? No, I never do anything just for the money. But um, writing about cards is fun. Writing about my perspective on cards is fun. And guiding others on how I make money in cards or, or opportunities I see in cards is also good. Well, you're one of the few people that kind of believe that, though, Max, because I feel like most people are kind of hugging, keep the secrets close to chest when it comes to cards. You get a lot of these shitty dealers who... Don't... I mean, even if it's just in the form of tweets, I'm very open about what I buy and what I sell and why I do what I do and adding my max tax or not adding my max tax. I do not add any tax on my cards. That was a joke. Yeah. But um, ultimately at the end of the day, it's the end of the day. And I try to provide as much transparency in why I think something is cool as possible. And for the most part, I mean, I was like half, tempted last night to just tweet out about a card that like i lost bidding on and i got into a bidding war but it was looked really really nice looked really nice you're not gonna you're gonna tease us like this and not tell us what this card is it is a well i'm sorry i know you guys aren't pre-war guys i'm just a little pre-war nerd over just, here but, but we got five cigarette set precede or i don't actually i don't know if it precedes c206 but from the jefferson burdick registry precedes it um, it is known for its really strong gold borders. And there was an SGC 1.5 Ty Cobb I found at auction last night that set the all-time sale for a 1.5 sale ever that I was tempted to bid up on, that I was getting into the bidding war on, that I was the underbidder on. And this card had very little whiting. It had tobacco staining on the, on the back, which is a motif for my collecting. And the corners were had very little to no rounding and were mostly rectangular. I was going to say, I was like, what complex word can I think to describe that? But no, they're just you know sharp corners. Sharp corners. That, that I think probably the tobacco staining on the back made it limit to a 1.5. But I wanted the card. I wanted it 
bad, but and I was okay being the largest SGC one five sale on that card ever. But I didn't know how badly I wanted to be that record breaker. That's fair. That's fair. Well, this is going to be the close. Well, we usually like to do most recent something cool you bought. Um, Usually it's a card. Um, I'm going to start off this week because I've been kind of skipping myself on this lately. And I do have a fun one that I'm excited about personally. Um, I bought on eBay a 2004 Topps Gold out of 99 rare for Topps Gold Andre Iguodala rookie card here. I've not gotten this yet in hand. The golds in this year were out of 99, which is a lot more rare than most paper golds of tops throughout the years. Um, I decided I needed it because I have the KD 2007 tops gold rookie out of 2007. I have the Steph Curry gold rookie tops out of 2009. Uh, had to complete the trifecta of the three dudes who won finals MVP for this team. So got the Iguodala, even though he's in the Sixers uni, I usually try to stay away from those, but Got it for 30 bucks, free shipping. Out of 99, you know, Hall of Famer, uh, finals MVP for, you know, the first team that, you know, was very important basketball team in my life. So felt like that was a great buy. 30 bucks, as Max said at the beginning, the 20 to $50 cards are my sweet spot. I will buy those a lot more than I probably should. Um, but I have a lot of fun with them. I think that card should be worth more than 30 bucks. Therefore, I press bin. Uh, or I actually offered, guy accepted. It was up for fifty-five or best offer, offered thirty. Guy accepted it. Did a little fist pump in my room by myself before I fell asleep. That was my buy of the week. Uh, Will you want to go or you want to pass to Max and then come back? Uh, what's the etiquette here? I want to. No, I'm no. You, if you have one off the top of your head, you go. Next. Yeah. So I, I bought the single. The thing that made me feel like I could just quit collecting forever because I did it. Um, this was, so even though we've talked about tickets a few times, it's not like I'm a massive ticket person. Like I have a handful of, of ones that I find cool, but, um, I, and I do think they're interesting overall, not even from an investment perspective, whether or not that's true, just, I think they're sick. And as we talked about earlier, like I'm a Yankees history nerd, baseball nerd, And Mickey Mantle is like, I have this probably unhealthy, nostalgic, emotional connection with him that I just like, he's a mythological figure that I I find endlessly interesting. And I I believe the greatest sports photo of all time is of him throwing his helmet. Um, And it was located, there's some great work done a few years ago by a, a guy who, wrote it just on his like personal blog that came up about like he was like all right i'm gonna figure out when the fuck this picture is taken is for life magazine found the date and um i bought i was uh, well one no i i saw that hits i i was like okay i read this i know the date let's see if it's ever sold i found it sold at heritage like two years ago or something and then it popped up that a card story had bought it um like maybe less than a year ago and i was like fuck man whatever and then he dm'd me last week and he's like hey man i'm selling it um and i couldn't have said yes faster (laughs) so i'm like that's it i don't need to ever buy anything ever again so wait what (laughs) what was it that you bought though like a ticket sorry it was a a ticket to that game i think there i want to say there's only like two in the whole psa population because um, this is a random game until people remember figured out that it was uh, that the game where the photograph was taken. So that's sick. I feel like photo matching is one of the coolest internet things out there right now of people doing cool work that's like kind of democratized. Uh, the guy Wax Museum podcast who has a basketball card podcast, he does it a lot with relics where he'll photo match relics to games and so cool. stuff like that and like pictures of cards to games. I think that. I love when a card pictures from an p- important game or important moment. That's the sort of shit that I love and will always buy stuff of. So I feel like the photo matching thing is not something me and Max have talked about too much, but is like a huge aspect of this topic that we've been discussing around like information about cards and how hard it is to find that information and the leaps that need to be made to make sure that like 
things that are cool are remembered as cool and like people understand the importance and significance of things photo matching is a huge aspect of it and that's cool how you ended up finding that and it's crazy but, how more valuable something becomes once it is in fact photo matched facts facts max you're up though what what do you got for us this week you got you you gave us i guess you your runner-up you yeah yeah i it. did i gave i gave my runner-up man um um, some buys that I bought, I bought a T206 Walter Johnson portrait and an SGC one. I bought one two weeks ago and now I have two and this one is slightly worse, but I bought it and it's really cool. Big I have train. also, what's up? It's the big train, dude. Walter Johnson. The big train, the big train. And now there's two big trains that will be on my desk. So that'll be fun. Um, I also, but that was from an auction house. From eBay, I've been like just diving into like trying to rummage some things for grading. I've now bought like three or four Sam Howell contenders autos, and I'm just gonna try it, try and like weasel a PSA 10. Thumbs down from Tommy. Tommy does not approve. I also got a Benedict Matherin contenders auto. That's cool. Better player. I'm not a Sam Howell fan. He, uh, I, I don't think I've given the Wake Forest rant on this podcast before, but Sam Howell was a quarterback from the University of North Carolina. And I believe the Demon Deacons from Wake Forest were 9-0 and or 8-0. and And I want to say they were ranked 11th in the country this time, or not this time this year, but last fall. And UNC had a come-from-behind fourth-quarter win that gave, them, gave the Demon Deacons their first loss. And then led, that led to more losses for them. So that that hurt, even though that was an unimportant game. I bought a card that I believe you've owned before, a 2016 Topps Chrome Kendrick Lamar Refractor. Nice. Um, that's also for the grading pile, maybe. Who knows? It's like seven years old. And a Jamar Johnson Bowman Chrome First Gold Auto out of 50. So that's been – I also bought a Walker – I think it's mentioned the Walker-Kessler ticket gold from last week that I found out now has like a severely, extremely creased and damaged corner. Oh, fuck. That sucks. Yeah. So we'll see if eBay uh, come, pulls through there. But that is, as you can tell, that's a lot of variety. Yeah. Right. I was going to say, Benedict Matherin is one of the best prospect basketball players I've heard of you buying cards of. Usually you stick with the Cole Anthony's of the world or the uh, Bones Highlands. So I'm glad to see you actually recognize some real basketball skill out there. So. Proud Are of you that. pro Benedict? Well, I bought some Kaminga, and Kaminga, that turned out great. Kaminga, I'm still optimistic, cautiously optimistic on Kaminga. But Will, give us your shameless plugs. Where do people find you on a day to day basis? What should they What should they do to support the cool newsletter and stuff that you're doing? Yeah, just subscribe. I guess. I mean, my Twitter is Will Stern underscore. Um, the link to the newsletter that I write is. Uh, in, in my bio it's unwinding the thread um and then you know rally it's it's uh i'm in my bio and uh i write our weekly sunday newsletter um anything from tj six honus stories about the nun the nuns wagner to uh uh this week was about a uh a day date G- uh rolex uh stella dial which uh, i'm not a watch guy so a lot of research went into that <laughs> nice well mate we'll, we'll put your links and everything too in the podcast but i think the work that you're doing to like shine light on why collectibles are cool and the stories behind them that make them cool is like low-key and i'm not just saying this to hype you up like absolutely essential work that is not being invested in enough um, please, Michael Rubin, give Will a massive contract to write card backs or good history on cards. Tops has this really shitty blog right now about like card 101. I forget what they call it, but it's shit. And I just want more history on collectibles in the context of history. Um, I think it's it's just essential. It just it's the only way that the hobby is going to actually grow. And like it also democratizes things. Kind of, you know, I don't love the fact that collecting is only super accessible, you know, to people that know where to find everything. Um, if you don't have people that you're asking, like there's been people on Twitter who have just like out of the kindness of their heart, given me a lot of direction on where to find information on cards. 
that is not really super easy to find on the internet. Um, the baseball card subreddit is full of dicks who tell yeah. you that just the worst people in the world are on that telling you that your cards suck and that you should already know facts that you're asking about, you know, just like just a shitty community. So, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to say, well, I am a huge fan of what you're doing and the writing that you do and uh, the cool stories that you're telling. So I'm excited to, to see what you got coming in the works too. That, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate you guys having me on because uh, I, I love what you guys do too. And I'm, I'm super fascinated just by, the people like you guys who are like really really doing this shit you know what i mean like i'm a i'm a casual right like i'm buying i'm buying my pete sampras card because i want to have it and whatever but like the business aspect of it i don't have a fucking idea right yeah um, same that's why i got same. max <laughs> max you got any parting words for the, <laughs> for the people at home <laughs> the baseball card's good but sometimes other collectibles good as well I like it. Yeah. See you guys next. Peace.